And welcome back to the big kickoff on 96.4 FM and in TuneIn Radio. Okay, in the studio today with us, we have a League of Ireland legend. Mark Rutherford joins Jack Charlton as one of the very few Englishmen in Irish fo- that Irish football has taken to their hearts. <laughs> this is mainly down to his, uh, him, the sight of him darting down the touchline and beyond despairing defenders as much as his likeable and charming personality. He is one of the select group of players who has played for the so-called four big clubs, Shelbourne, Bowes, Shamrock Rovers and St. Pat's. Um, he's adored by many in League of Ireland, uh, fans, players, managers alike. Mark, welcome to the big kickoff. Thanks. Thanks for bringing me on as well. Absolutely brilliant. You forgot to mention Longford as well. Oh, Longford. <laughs> Longford. Yeah. I don't think they're the big four though, are they? Oh, but they always give There's us. many more, mate. There's many more on that list. That you... <laughs> Listen, uh, firstly, I just want to say, uh, when we put this out there, for uh, to say that you were on the show, we got yeah. a, an unbelievable response. The, the the comments were questions, and there was loads of of, of yeah. positive uh, comments and great memories for people. So from across all the League of Ireland clubs, from that, across that all the League in, of yeah. Ireland clubs, yeah. One of them, though, uh, one of the, uh, comment that came up frequently <laughs> was that you uh, you're a stinge bag. That, that not a lot. There's a lot of moths in, in 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 that pocket. Uh, what, what's that all about? Who says that now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who said that. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'll, 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 I'll have a look. Listen, you obviously had a, a great League of Ireland career, but uh, I just wanted to step back a little further in your past. You were born in Birmingham in 1972. Born in Birmingham. 1972. Yeah. 1972 yeah. That's hard to believe. I, thought it, was, I thought it was further back than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who were your football heroes and, and who was actually your team? Who did you support? Well, way back then, um, I say John Barnes. John Barnes was a favourite player that I used to like watching because I played wide left and be, my parents being from Jamaica as well and John Barnes is from Jamaica. That's right. So um, John Barnes was always a player I used to look out for on TV and watching John Barnes playing and all my mates used to support Liverpool at the time um, but I wanted to support someone different so I, I decided to choose Tottenham Hotspurs even though I was from Birmingham. Birmingham oh, right. in lower leagues but um, Tottenham were my team I used to love watching Glenn Hoddle the skill that Glenn Hoddle oh Glenn Hoddle was um, unbelievable wasn't Garth he? Crooks and players like that I used to like at Spurs so from then I used to love watching Spurs all the time and is that's, are they still your team? yeah they are and they've, they've really picked up now they've finished second in the league for the last couple of seasons so they're, they're pushing for they it have, now they're... he has a funny, a funny way of dealing uh, with players um, your man Levy uh, Kyle Walker is gone. What do you think? What do you think of Kyle Walker leaving? Is that a, a miss or is that a great? Uh, oh, it's a, it's a great move. It's a great move because fifty million is ridiculous money that's going on nowadays. Yeah. So I mean, if, if he's worth fifty million, there's players out there worth a hundred. Yeah. So he's, he's not that good of a player to be worth fifty million. Yeah. No way. So you were with Birmingham, okay? And you were. When did you join Birmingham? Well, I joined when I was schoolboy. I played for an underage underage team called Belford Rovers back when I was under twelves. And um, Birmingham came to watch a few games, and from since then I used to go out training with Birmingham every week. I was on the schoolboy team for Birmingham City, so from the age of 12 I trained up to the age of 16. And like when I was 15, I knew I was going to sign for Birmingham. Right. Um, it kind of affected my schoolwork actually at the time as well because um, I knew that I was going to sign for him. I knew I, was, I knew I was going to be playing football, so it kind of affected my schoolwork Did it? A, a little like bit. Like teachers are probably obviously going on about future this and future. You already kind of knew how yours was being yeah. mapped out kind of thing that's true it wasn't until I was 32 when I decided to go back to college and I did a degree no I watched you in, do in software systems I oh, did a brilliant. degree computers and I remember all the lads at Bowles used to be slagging me saying I'm going to college and <laughs> oh, look at the north <laughs> college <laughs> yeah, yeah, they used to be always slagging me all the time um, and so how did you end up in Ireland that's the question well, was, it was, was it love was it love 
Well, no, at first, when I was <laughs> 17, and um, I got injured when I was at Birmingham, I was playing really well, and I got into the England squad at one stage, I was in the shadow squad, and um, I got an ankle ligament injury, and it was a torn ligament. It was, I was played on it for too long, and I needed an operation, so I had the operation on it, and that kind of set me back, and I was trying to get my fitness back, and I know at the time, um, Owen Hand was looking at me, Owen Hand was the manager of Huddersfield, and he had a look at me a few times, and um, he was friends with Ollie Byrne, um, at Shelbourne chairman um, and so Owen mentioned to Ollie that um, I was free I was available to play on the wide left so um, he gave me a call and says Mark do you fancy coming over to Ireland just to get your fitness back up you can come over for a month's loan and just get your fitness see if you like it so I said um, Ireland where's, uh, where's Ireland again <laughs> so a lot of people in England weren't aware Northern Ireland it's close to so Jamaica yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, it's nice and sunny over here sunny. we are Jamaicans in Europe everyone knows that nice and sunny there's loads of beaches as well so, so me and a friend of mine who was playing at Birmingham at the time Brian Gray both of us came over at the same time um, recommended by Owen Hand so we both arrived in the airport in our bright yellow and blue tracksuits <laughs> Our little afros we had, and everyone was looking at us as we walked through the airport. They were looking and thinking of someone really famous in our, our tracksuits. And Ollie was there to meet us with Pat Byrne. And um, from there, it was a great connection with Ollie Byrne. And Ollie really looked after me. He was like a father figure. To he really took to you, didn't he? Straight oh, away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and Ollie got on really well. And that's the reason why I stayed longer than a month. Right. And, and, when it went from so a month to the another loan of a month, or? no, I extended it to another month. Okay, and then Birmingham actually at the time um, asked me to if I wanted to come back because they seen that I was doing so well because I started well on my debut and I was really really doing well. And then um, after three months, um, I said to Birmingham, I, I'm going to stay in Ireland. Um, I really enjoy it. Okay, and I'm going to I'm getting my game all the time as well. Whereas if I came back to Birmingham, I'm not too sure if I'm going to get my game. Yeah, I'm get my fitness levels back up as well. So we extended the loan to the end of the season. And um, it was such a success in that first season. I mean, won the league for the first time in 30 years. Yeah, yeah. And that was a, a big achievement. It was yeah. all grown men crying, tears in their eyes. And yeah. Me and, oh. <laughs> um, so back, listen, back in, in, in that time, probably 91-92 And certainly on like now, Irish towns and villages and cities now, it wouldn't have been accustomed to having a, a, a black man around. So... What, what firstly were people like when, when you came across, uh, like were they a bit odd? Do you know what the Irish people can be? Because I, I, I remember back then, um, it, it's, not you like, wouldn't. it's not like now you, you wouldn't, wouldn't see, you wouldn't see really a Nigerian family next door. Or yeah. if, if, if there was a black person around. Maybe in Dublin, in the city, you might, about might see mad. one too. So how were how you greeted by people? But also in football, how were you greeted by the players and, and the fans? Well, from the people in Ireland, it was brilliant. Like everyone used to be coming up to me on the street and wondering where I was from, and be, <laughs> be asking, thinking I'm from somewhere exotic. <laughs> from Birmingham, from, from looking at me, yeah, that's what I would say. Oh, I'm from Birmingham. And they look at me and go, oh, they're disappointed, thinking I was going to say somewhere like Jamaica and somewhere really, really exotic. But um, no, I said I'm from Birmingham. And, and did the boys in the dressing room take to you straight away? Did they kind of start digging you a little bit? Oh, to let you know, yeah, it's oh, okay. They really looked after me. So a lot of the players, I was only 19, so a lot of the players were close to 30 and 31, 32, really experienced players like Mick Neville and yeah. um, Gary Howlett, there's players like that at the club. And they took to me and brought me on board and they really looked after me, brought me out, even told me to drink Guinness to build me up. <laughs> uh, I mean, so I went out, had a, I tasted the first pint of Guinness that was over in Ireland and like I really talked to you. I only could drink one pint though that's, that's, that's a good thing I could only drink one loads of iron in it so I was told that's good for me and, <laughs> and you fell for it yeah <laughs> um, and 
for you how did you find I know you sent the people and all but how did you find it wasn't much different than being in, in Birmingham or was it? Well in Birmingham there's different nationalities in Birmingham when I came here I could go the whole day without seeing another nationality never mind a yeah. person yeah. and if I did see someone they'd be like in shock that they saw me and they'd, be, <laughs> they'd be looking at me and, and actually some of them used to come over to me and ask me God, what are you doing over here? Yeah. You're almost like uh, the a little Britain joke, Johnny. Your man, I'm the only gay in the village. To be another guy oh, going, yeah. excuse me, I'm the only black in Salad. Open nationalities, just be shocked to see. To see yeah, you. but um, actually, funny enough, I remember one time I was on the bus going out to Teller because Ali had a friend who um, lived out in Teller, Peter and Jackie Long, and I used to go out and stay in their house out in Teller. And um, I was on the bus one time going back out, and um, this little girl kept staring at me all the time, <laughs> she was staring at me. I think because she hadn't seen it. Yeah. And then she says to her mum, Mommy, why is his face that colour? And the mum's face went bright red and embarrassment. Uh. And she's saying sorry to me. Like, oh. <laughs> but no, you know, it's, it's totally different it's now. Totally different yeah. now, yeah. It's, it's a, you wouldn't have got much stick at all in the stands, would you, if any? N- n- not, not really, no. It's only the, the odd time. Yeah. The odd time. Uh, no different than what's happening today, really. Um, it's only the odd time I used to get a bit of stick because I was a minority then. But um, yeah. It never used to affect me though. I used to just carry on. I used to yeah. play better actually. Yeah, 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 and it's not something that kind of heightened when you came over here. It was something that was around at the time, a little bit simmering around even in, back in, home. Yeah, in England was it was similar as all well in England. Yeah, so it wasn't any different when I when I came here. So with, with shells, because I I remember you mostly from uh, being with shells. Yeah. Uh, with shells, I go through it. Your Shelbourne, two hundred and twenty-one appearances, nineteen goals, but that was at three different spells. You had uh, obviously that league title that you're after talking about. You had three FAI cups. So what's your biggest and fondest memories of of all the the three, the, including the three spells uh, uh, with Shelbourne? Well, the first was winning the league in my very first season. Actually, scoring on my debut as well against Sligo, we That's won right, one yeah. yeah, yeah. And I happened to score the goal. And if anyone from, had any doubts, they didn't after that day, I presume. Oh, from then the support was took to me straight away. Yeah, that's um, I mean they love me since then. And that season was a brilliant season. We went on to win the league that season. So you know, I just remember everyone's faces, all the supporters, all the tears from the faces, and <laughs> big grown men kissing me and hugging me. And, <laughs> oh, I remember it was, it was a brilliant night, and that's a night I'll never forget. It's, it's like it was only a couple of years ago, but it's, yeah. I can't do, believe. Do you think that 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 memory that you have there, uh, kind of grabbed you that that kind of made you stick in Ireland that you, you had that maybe love and affection uh, because you were over in Birmingham you're wet and getting in the Huddersfield kind of said listen go and get your fitness uh, was it actually just needing someone to wrap their arm around you and say listen you're wanted here you're, you're going to get game time and, and then you had that special moment yeah yeah that's what I mean because I was playing day in day out and I got on so well with the players that's I mean the camaraderie was really good we were out all the time with the players and uh, mixing from then I knew straight away that I wanted to stay here just living in the country alone like staying with Peter and Jackie Long at the time like I loved it staying out there out in Teller and that's I mean going around the city centre meeting people mm. people chatting to me Were Shells part time or full time at the time? They were part time at the time but um, I used to go to the ground um, and do my own bit of training yeah. I'd go up in the stand and run up and down the stand and do loads of training and Ali used to always come up to me and say, Mark, here's a couple of quid, go and get yourself something. He was really nice to me. I used to go training all the time then. <laughs> to get <free> quid. <laughs> Every day he used to be giving me... Well, Those texts were right. Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> <laughs> get yourself something. <laughs> um, just on, uh, we have a little clip here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you have that up there. Uh, and we just want to play this clip and, and then we'll have a little, uh, a little bit of a, a talk on it. It's from Shelbourne. Yeah, the atmosphere. I mean, the Rangers fans have travelled a long way. Uh, they 
yeah. Typical Scottish crowd, they'll make lots of noise and they'll create lots of atmosphere, but... 70s, uh, Baker. That's a decent ball by Baker, and it's an in goal. Unbelievable start, and Rangers go behind, and it's Perini who put the ball past Nimi. The first ball played into the penalty area, and Rangers' defence was all over the place. One red shirt in there, and Billy, that is an absolute disaster. Well, it's certainly bad defending, but, you know, Jonas Turner was away for us. A little bit more care and attention would have worked wonders there. Well, McCarthy goes in, and it's bobbing around, and it's a goal! And it's Rutherford! Absolutely incredible Rangers defence all over the place once again, and they were stood like statues, and there must have been two or three attempts. McCarthy came charging in. The keeper was absolutely nowhere. Morley couldn't get his foot on it, and Rutherford did, and there could be real history in the making here. Goes Morley, Morley into the penalty area! Oh, Morley! Number three for Shelburne, and what a marvellous finish! Really coolly done by Morley, and it's going from bad and bad to worse and worse for Glasgow Rangers. And a boo's beginning to ring around here now. It's a disaster, this, for Glasgow Rangers. So it was a disaster for Glasgow Rangers up until... Just, that's the second half, wasn't it? So about, about 58 minutes, I think it was. 58 yeah. minutes. So that, uh, Rangers had... This is in your way for Cup and there's qualifiers because I think Celtic stopped their, their, their run of titles. That was to try and go 10 in a row. Yeah, that's right. But uh, they had the likes of Van Bronckhorst, Gattuso, uh, Albert, Samaruso, Bar Barry Ferguson. Oh, yeah. and, uh, so this was their strongest team probably ever. Probably mm. ever. Uh, so I remember watching this and thinking... What the hell has happened after this? Tony McCarthy. Can you, can you explain? And I'm, gonna t I'm, I'm stumbling here because he, two penalties were given away for jumping up and punching the ball away. Can you tell me what his excuse was? He just says it's heat in a moment. He says he, didn't know, he couldn't reach the board <laughs> and his hand just automatically just went up. I still talk about it today to him because I see him every week. My, him and my daughter are on the same team. I, bro we, I broke down that day. I remember watching the game yeah. and I couldn't believe it. I said, what, what is he doing? What, this is Because uh, obviously yeah, the yeah, first no, one, yeah. right? You'll give him the first one, but then with the second one. Second time. Yeah. You go, what are you doing? That is, <laughs> it's gone. But it was... Um, how did the dressing room feel after the game? What, what was, was it, it was a, a sign of... You know, was it, God, it's a missed opportunity, or was it, you That was know, a bit of crack. That was a bit of crack, yeah. No, definitely missed opportunity to, yeah. down in history as a, a team that beat Rangers, football club Rangers. I know Bowles did it a, a few years, but 1984 Bowles did it, but we were thinking could we do the same, being free and up, we had a big chance. Yeah, we, we really blew it. And some of the goals after. Now, do you think tiredness crept in? Oh, definitely, because they're full-time. Yeah, the pro full-time team. Because some of the goals there, I think Van Bronckhorst's goal, um, where they did a little one-two and no one went with the runner at all, and you're going, that's simple, just stay with your man. Yeah, so that was the same thing. I mean, it's even in our mind, our mind was tired as well. So. Yeah, yeah. So you were, were you full-time with the club then? It was classed as full-time, yeah, but we didn't right. train. So why didn't you track him back? We didn't train full-time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. If it was on my side, I would have, yeah. <laughs> uh, between the, 
do you, do you want to have a, a shot with that? That's in the Rangers game, is there, Bogart? Ah, Rangers, no. Obviously, it, it was one of them special days, and I know one or two of the guys in the in the board, and they were kind of saying the crack that they had in a half-time, 2 nil up, and the Rangers, like, they were spitting blood, like, they were bowling over, and they're just sitting there in their little blazers, having their little beer and whatever else, and just loving it, and being up there with the big wigs and, go, and getting a little taste of what it was and just great stories yeah. now obviously we, we know the result in the end but it's just one of them special nights that any club that gets into Europe always have their little chance and it, that's what I remember one of the two lads I know quite well in the bar like they, they just said that half time 15 minutes was just so special for them yeah. to sit there with the Shelburne on their, on their chest yeah, clean, clean and sitting there with Rangers kind of going yeah we're as good as you at the moment you know so they were disgusted themselves so yeah. they wouldn't even swap jerseys after the match oh, would really? they not no, even right. after coming back and winning footage, yeah, he wouldn't swap jersey. That's yeah. unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. And you, obviously, you went to you went to Ibrox then after that. How was how did, was that experience? Hostile? Oh, it was really hostile. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, god, yeah. Right. So I mean, a few supporters actually went over to it as well. Yeah, so yeah. I was surprised that some went over because they knew it was going to be hostile beforehand. But um, the, the atmosphere, was, yeah, it was a totally different atmosphere. I never experienced. Was it full house? For Rangers, yeah, there was god, I mean, at least forty thousand was there anyway. Right. Right. So, so no one was safe. No, no. Everyone got it, did they? Uh, it was a good atmosphere to play in anyway. Yeah. So many supporters there. It's such a big crowd. Yeah, as you said, That's you kind me. of relish under that anyway. Yeah, it was only 2 0. Early yeah. goal and a late goal, so we. Represented ourselves really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Did Shrewsbury Town, you went back to Shrewsbury Town. What, what, what was the talk? You couldn't get away that? from Shrewsbury for a year, couple of years, could you? Yeah, it was my, my old youth team manager at Birmingham. He was a manager at Shrewsbury when I went there the first time. And um, like he was kind of like an Ollie figure. Like he really looked after me when I was yeah. at Birmingham. And um, he gave. Gave Ollie a call to say that I want to come over because um, uh, it was Eamon Greg was manager at Shells, mm. and then he came in and kind of didn't get on, and so um, he got on to me then. Fred Davis, his name was, and um, right. I says to Fred, "Yeah, I wouldn't mind coming over." So I went over, and uh, just uh, just a long period to the end of the season. Right, and we ended up winning the league. I played a few games, and we won the second division title. It was then, right, and that was a big thing for Shrewsbury then as well. Yeah, again, and it was it was a brilliant experience for me. But then. I decided to come back again. Come back, but did you, you came back to Shells. You ended up then back up the north. So yeah, okay, yeah, I came back up and played up the north. That's then. right, and that was, was that a couple of years. Yeah, Trevor Anderson was after me for, for years and years when I was playing for Shells. <laughs> yeah, and he, he finally got me then, and I went up to the north. And, and how how was playing in the north compared to playing down south? I, I found it a lot easier. Cause there was, did you? I found it a lot easier. Uh, standard yeah, wise. Yeah, standard wise, yeah. it was it's a lot slower. There's more goals scored as well. The defence weren't as good and. Right. Like I, I found it easy, and I scored quite a few goals as well, and setting up goals. And the supporters up there were, were great to me as well. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But, the, but, but again, it was kind of a bit hostile up there as well. Being at a, times, because Nuri is from the Catholic. Yeah, club. yeah, of course. And so I, I, a different form thought, of hostility. Yeah, yeah of course. A lot of them thought I was from the from the south, so I didn't really get stick about colour. It was more, more about, from the south. And did Rangers fans even? I heard was it true that even Rangers fans are kind of like Catholic this and Catholic that? Like yeah, it kind yeah. of yeah. Like calling me a Fenian up the north. <laughs> I <tried> to get <laughs> yeah, Fenian back. <laughs> so, it was, so I was expecting colour but it wasn't it was more yeah, yeah. Like Fenian or calling me so. so a bit like um, Celtics match the night against Linfield <laughs> did you get similar yeah, sort of a taste of that yeah it would have been like that yeah, yeah. Okay. okay so what we're going to do is we're going to go to an ad break and we will come back and talk to Mark you're listening to Liffey Side on 96.4 FM Welcome back to the big kickoff on 96.4 FM. We have Mark Rutherford uh, in with us today. Uh, from Lucan United now, Mark. <laughs> yep, that's true. Big match today? Yeah, yeah, against the guards. So we just started training just last week. And so I first came back the pre-season. Um, 
We got breaking news anyway, didn't we? Just there, Sean. He's starting today. Oh, he's starting today. Yeah, yeah. yeah they've only got eleven. <laughs> uh, Bowes, you you had probably your second successful spell with Bowes. Uh, how did how does that compare to Shells? When I was at Bowes, I reckon I kind of hit my peak at Bowes because um, those times when I used to be playing, I used to be thinking, God, I'm getting past this guy really easy, and I was getting balls in the box and scoring goals, and I was thinking, God. I'm playing really well and a lot of players in the team were playing well at the same time so that's why we were so successful at Bowls at the time then so as soon as Roddy came in for me like again I had an injury when I was up in the north and actually funny enough I used to wear this knee band around my knee and um, the manager at Nuri um, used to say to me Bowls are coming up to watch you take that knee band off because he, he won't want to sign you thinking you're injured so I should have to take it off because Roddy was coming oh, up and, but Roddy knew me from playing anyway so he knew what I was like and I signed for Bowls and Again, that was a brilliant spell for me being at Bowls. As I said, it was Glenn Crow and players like that, Kevin Hunt, Kevin Hunt yeah. all playing their best football at the time. Yeah, yeah. So across the whole team, all of them probably thought the same as me that probably thinking they're invincible and no one's going to tackle you and you can do anything and without making a mistake. Yeah. And I went through loads of games like that where I was, I was thinking, God, I'm playing really well and taking on players and setting up goals and. Uh. And it, 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 you won. What was it? You won two league titles. Two leagues and a, and a cup. And a cup. Yeah, two okay. leagues and a cup in two and half seasons. I was talking, Gav Nolan sent me a text in. All right, he asked me <laughs> to ask you. He said that he, when you were playing a match for Luke and United, you found one of your FAI cup medals at the end of your bag. Oh, my collection. Your collection. <laughs> Is that where you stored them now? <laughs> no, I know there's a few medals inside it. That's my, my little lucky bag. I remember I used to carry that everywhere with me. I remember at balls, the lads used to be slagging me because I used to be coming in late into the changing rooms with my bag. My bag was full of loads of stuff from years, yeah. years ago. Years are you ago. superstitious? No, no. They used to think the kids were inside my bag. <laughs> I, I, had, I remember I had twins at the time and I used to always be coming in tired from the twins and saying, are the kids inside your bag? So the bag used to be so heavy. A <laughs> um, couple of low points. You were, were you relegated with Rovers and Longford? Yeah, both of them because financial problems. We deducted points and it ended up being the points in the end that made us get mm. relegated. Um, I never had regrets about joining Rovers, especially because I remember I could have joined um, Drogheda at the time for more money as well. I could have went to Drogheda. Paul right. Doolan called me up and um, I said, no, I want to play for Rovers. After playing against Rovers so many times and just the name Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. It yeah. was the only club I knew when I was in England cause from them being in Europe. I said, no, I have to play for Shamrock Rovers, even though it's less money. I have to go and play for them. Yeah, um, yeah. And I didn't regret it. Wearing that jersey, I didn't regret it. And Drogheda won the league and Rovers got relegated. And but you still don't regret it? I still had no regrets because I just loved you the fact that I paid Rovers. for Rovers. Oh, like okay. joining all four Dublin clubs, did any set of supporters get a little bit kind of, what's he doing going there? Or was it kind of, you were, no. it was okay with you kind of thing? Yeah, that's a surprise. I thought I would have got stick. Even yeah. when I played against old clubs, I yeah. thought I would have got stick. But the support was brilliant with me. Even getting relegated with Rovers, the support was <laughs> fine. <laughs> I mean, even now when I see Rovers supporters, they still love you. So I can't believe the reaction from Rovers, Pats, Shells, Bowls, all the supporters. Are, well, I think I think know. if anyone puts a hundred percent in and gives everything for the cause, absolutely, people. Can't That's what I'm thinking. It. I used to always, I used to always put in that hundred percent. That's what I mean. If the same at Longford. I have to mention Longford as well. Same at Longford. <laughs> the same, yeah. same as at Longford. Who was manager there in Longford? Um, Alan Matthews. Oh, I should yeah. only see him. Saw him there yesterday. Actually, I was chatting to him just yesterday. I spoke to him. And that was financial as well. That yeah. was a big problem there, yeah. wasn't it? Same to talking about managers. Uh, uh, who, who's the best manager you've played under? Um, boy, be all different reasons, different managers. Um, more of motivators. Like Roddy's a motivator, and same with Dermot as well. Dermot really <laughs> got stuck into players now, and roaring and shouting just lifted you straight away. Did you just get on? 
the first time, like he knew straight away he wasn't going to sign me the first time and he brought James Kiddy in. But um, the second time, I couldn't believe how different he was. He was brilliant the second time. And I really talked to him the second time going back yeah. for my final games at yeah. Shells. So I really loved him then. I had a few personal issues then as well and he really helped me out. And how tough is it in a club when you know the kind of, the manager kind of doesn't fancy you? Is it tough to stick around? Is it tough to even train? Is it tough to stay motivated? It is, it is, yeah. yeah. You know you're playing good enough and no matter how good you play, the, the manager is going to leave you out because he's already got his ideas about bringing someone else in. Mm. Um, it's kind of hard for you as well, but you have to just get on with it and, and move on again. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's tougher as a manager. I was just speaking to Alan Matthews yesterday, how tough it is for him. Like yeah. Longford, he got let go by Longford and they were done well in the last game, but you just get let go straight away. Yeah. From so, uh, what, was the, what was the biggest bollocking you ever got from a manager? <laughs> I asked me Dermot Dermot used to give because he used to roar at the top of his voice so I couldn't believe he was a school teacher so the people seem to be afraid of him but, um, but I say Dermot but it, but it would work though when you get a bollock and it would work it would work for you like, well, it, was, there any, was there any one that you remember that sticks in your mind oh, there, was, there, was, there was many of them there was, yeah. oh, gosh there was many of them God, there wouldn't be one single one I can think of but it used to be most, most games used to be the same yeah, even if we were winning even if you were winning and, we was, winning. It, and was it was it was it fair what does it say in Australia fair dinkum was it, I mean did, did you deserve it was there ever a time you went oh, there, oh definitely there was times but that's, that's just in Dermot's nature that's nature how he was, used to get players motivated and I used to be surprised when someone like um, what's his name at Shells Damien Richardson when he used to get angry because he was such a nice guy yeah. and he got angry <laughs> now that kind of shocked you it shocked you bottles would be flying everywhere and chairs kicked and like he was really surprising when Damien used to get angry but he would have been a good man-to-man manager now Damien we got um, we got a, 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 an email in uh, and a question from uh, it was actually from one of the lads local Neil Dobbs how do you handle age recovery and drive so even now because you're 64 or whatever it is now how, how, how do you how do you handle your age recovery and what's your training like routine like you, you don't just stay naturally fit so you, you must do extra do you Actually, actually, some of it is naturally fit. I don't know if it's just, just my, my physique and my background, where I'm from, but um, okay. a lot of it is natural as well, but I do eat right. I mean, I don't eat rubbish now. Even now, I wouldn't eat any fries or anything like that. Especially right. the day before a game, I'll eat the right stuff the day before a game. Right, do you think so? I mean, and I go out training myself. I go do my own little bit of running um, every now and then. I, on my lunch breaks at work, I'll go out running with some of the guys. And do you think that's part of, because a lot of, you know, a lot of good footballers, whether they're, they're amateur at the top Leinster Senior League or, or even League of Ireland who've retired, a lot of them lose their drive for playing football. Do you, do you think there's a the connection there, as you say, with diet and stuff like that, where you kind of go, oh, you know, couldn't be bothered or this? Yeah, because you see a lot of players do put on weight when they when they finish playing. Um, and it's because... <coughs> Keith Darty. There's nothing to drive them on. Yeah. They actually lose the weight. Because I've got football there, so I know I'm going to have to keep myself right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Train play as long as I can. I also want to know... Um, your girls both play football, do they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're down with Luke. You know, what's your biggest frustration uh, in regards to ladies' football, and what needs to be addressed? I just that the, the the boys' football is it's way ahead, and financially, the boys' football supported. Even when my girls went down to the um, MGL, one of my daughters made the MGL squad for the girls in the Gainer Cup, and um, there's a huge amount of money the parents have to fork out to pay. Whereas the boys for the Kennedy Cup, they don't have to pay a penny. And actually, I think some of the parents actually. Financially, they had a struggle, right. and the daughters actually didn't play in it because of that. Right. Because of the finances. Right. So the, the, boy, the boys are just way ahead. Right. Is that down to 
I suppose the newness of, of the women's game or is it down to a little bit of both that they're, they're not putting as much in as they well, should well in fairness even the uh, Irish senior women's team yeah. are struggling let's yeah, face it can't even get yeah. a tracksuit so it's from the top it's struggling yeah yes, I mean and it's not enough money in it that's why we yeah. need to put some more money into the women's football and it would be good because more and more girls are picking up the playing football and it's great opportunities for girls like, like, like we know one or two and, and, and Sean Murray his daughter's over in scholarship in That's America right. like there's great opportunity through football it's not just in America especially there is yeah. actually a potential career for them as well yeah, it's so not see, just a bit of fun you see Katie McCabe like, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. a good example for yeah. the young girls um, again another question are you playing in the charity game next week is it next <laughs> week or the week after it's for the, the week for after the, I think yeah it's against two the, the, the legends versus Jamie Bean's youngsters oh Jamie Bean's oh, oh, they yeah. I played the last played you the played last year you're playing this year yeah, yeah, I'm down to play again. You're down Jamie. to play again. That's yeah, all right. No, Jamie might not like. Are you on, are you on the youngsters or the legends? I don't know. Actually, it's a bit, I'm halfway between. Could be a bit of both. Could be a bit. You listen to offers anyway. Uh, you've won a few trophies. Which one do you hold most dearest to your heart? God, probably would be my my first one. The shells has to be my first league medal. Just to taste yeah. winning something. For the I, think, first time. I think a lot of people have won that really you, you hold dear. When we played Dave with, oh, with yeah. Luke and back in the day, was, there's only one. There was an Eden Derry game, but what, what it was a winner takes all final game of the season. It was the last game of the season, and it was nil nil at half time. We had to win. They had their bus load of people up, yeah. and we went. And we won. were at home. We had nobody. And then it was a weekend of celebrations, yeah. you know. But you always have them. But and he said, when you meet up with the lads, I'm sure it's the same with you, Mark. When you meet up with the lads from that era, is that the chat that that comes around again? Yeah, we actually met up just about a few weeks ago. We went up at Shells. It was 25 years since we won the league, so we actually had a get together with all the players, and we actually. That's what we were speaking about. Some of the league. lads still as daft as they were back then. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like some Bobby Brown and Porrick Dully um, meeting up with them again. <laughs> I knew he'd say Porrick Dully. <laughs> they were like the jokers of the club. So, oh, there were such characters, the two of them. That's what I mean, what is your sporting knowledge like, Mark? On other sports, on all sports, uh, not the best. Not the Excellent. best. <laughs> Well, we have a little segment here we call the Beat the Brain. Dave turns into another creature. He d- believes he's the all-knowing god of uh, sport. So we're going to go through a little sporting quiz called Beat the Brain. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Beat the Brain! <laughs> so, th- Dave, we'll, pu- we'll, put a little bit of, we'll put a little bit of music on here and we'll, we'll get the questions going. Hold on now a sec. There we are. Calm it down a little bit. Right, so we're going to go through a couple of questions. Mark, you have the choice. You're the guest. Uh, you can go first questions A or second question B and uh, we have five different questions and we see winner takes all A or B? B B so Dave you're going first James Rodriguez football to start with James Rodriguez joined Bayern Munich this week on loan yeah but for how many years? two Dave get one nil up I don't mess about here Mark so you're going to have to get serious shows A <laughs> Still Bayern Munich, all right. Serge Gnabry also signed for Bayern, but this week they loaned him out to who at his own request? Oh, oh, loaned him out to who? Yeah, so he signed. He said he only signed a week or two. I think it was two weeks ago. And taking the quill, and he wanted to go out and loan. It's I a, know the story, but I don't know the club. Yeah, it's another another German club. Oh, <laughs> clock ticking. Look, it's there. Well, Borussia Dortmund. Hoffenheim. <laughs> no chance there. <laughs> Gaelic Games. Uh, Dave, our man Tipperary played in the third round of the qualifiers yesterday, but who won? 
you, you think with a weekend at Sparto, I'd have checked everything. And you I actually, think. I know one result from last night, but I don't know that one. So I'm going to have to just... Realistically, she'll be our ma. Temporary. Our ma. I knew it. <laughs> okay, do you, are you good at that? Do you look at that at all? No. That's a no. I know face. Jason Sherlock. Uh, you know Jason. Born in nineteen seventy six. We were just talking about uh, Monaghan and Carlo also played yesterday. Oh, but who typical. won? That's the one I know. Oh, I got neighbours who are from Monaghan. I'm gonna have to say Monaghan. It was Monaghan. <laughs> one off. Right. It's getting serious. Dave. Yes. The Scottish Open is been, is on this weekend. Yeah. Do tell. Where is it being held? Dundonald. Dundonald. Get Lakes. in there. No messing. I've just switched on. I wouldn't have gone. John FIFA yeah. when you're losing and then you lean forward. That's I'm leaning forward now. I'm, I'm it's oh, you're business. Serious this now. is business. Oh, you're now. at the edge of your seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm unbeaten here. I need to keep this going. British Open is on next week, Mark. Where's it being held? Golf. I haven't watched golf in ages. <laughs> you're gonna have to start watching some telly. <laughs> no, but the kids I don't get a chance. Uh, tell me about the only man who has kids. <laughs> Royal Troon. Oh, Ooh, it was close. He Royal, started with Royal was Royal, true, yeah. Royal Borkendale. Dave's two one. Yeah, up. get in. You might struggle on this one too. This is Tour de France. All right, and the next one after that is football. But Tour de France. See if we can get through this one. In the Tour de France yesterday, Chris Froome regained the yellow jersey from who, Dave? I'm sorry, mate. Fabio Aru. <laughs> yeah, it is Fabio Aru. <laughs> Did you create these questions? No, no, no. no. I love me cycling. <laughs> He's the brain. He's setting this up. He's the brain. Oh, yeah. In the overall classification, what position is Ireland's Dan Martin? Oh. In the cycling. Oh, I was going to say what sport is it? Cycling, yeah. It's Tour de France. <laughs> You're going to have to have a guess at this. This is a real punt in the dark now, Mark. Dan Martin. Oh, he's third. Oh. Close. Sixth. I would have said fifth. Ooh. And last question. Dave, who was the manager of Drogheda United? Oh, God. I literally uh, I can see one guy's face, and I'm not, I'm not confident. But I'm going to have to say it. Pete Mann. It is Pete Mann. Get it. An absolute whitewash. We'll go with your last question anyhow. For the, for Don't the worry, part. it's yeah. usually worse. Who's the manager of Bowes? Oh. oh, God, you're going to have to. You're kidding me. I'll actually throw the France one time. <laughs> <laughs> I know he is my mate. What's his name? Oh, thanks. He's not your mate anymore. He's the same manager as a break. Can everyone hear the wind of the. What do they call the tumbleweed going past? <laughs> Keith Long. Ah, Keith Long. Man, he, found it. he found it in there. Good man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a convincing win for Dave, who is yet to be beaten. Yeah, don't worry uh, about it. And we will turn that off. Okay, listen. Brave Wanderers. Um, Mark. What, what do you think of the situation down at Bray? Have you ever been in that situation? You said you were in, in financial strife before with uh, Rovers and Longford. What do you think of the players' situation down at Bray? I think it's happened with me uh, every club I've, I've been at. Actually, oh, even it? the big Dublin clubs was a time where financial problems and wages, we didn't get wages at one stage. Is that, that worry for, like, I know it's, worry, it's a worry for the players, but how much does that then affect the players? It's especially when the players are depending, some of them could be depending on that money, um, some of them who are not working could be depending on that money. Like when I was at clubs, I was a full-time player, so I was one of the players who was depending on my wages to come mm-hmm. in. 
and it does make you think about other things outside of football and you can't really focus on your football then it's a worry then if it's like I mean since you've been playing um, it's a worry that it's a constant situation oh, yeah. isn't it yeah it goes across different clubs even even the bigger clubs so saying of you know or the four Dublin clubs it's happened that each one of them has happened and, and yeah. when you look at it every for a long time until until Dundalk probably started control on it it was a new league winner every year nearly um, obviously yeah. you, with Bowes and, and Shells you've had your period of time but is that when a whole load of money that clubs don't have is thrown into a club and then after that then they, they struggle financially because you look at Bowes now are struggling yeah. Shells are obviously in the first division so are, is League of Ireland paying out money that they don't have that's, that's what happens when they, when they get success then they start bringing in players and giving them too much money then yeah, and yeah. they can't afford to pay because they don't get the supporters to cover the wages I mean they rely on sponsors and the sponsors don't cover all the wages. Just on League of Ireland, uh, under 15, 17, 19, good idea, bad idea? Uh, and under 13, possibly? Under 13. Good experience for the boys. But the training, if the training will be a high level of training for the, for the boys, it gives them the incentive as well to get into League of Ireland, to play League of Ireland. Yeah. So that's, that'd be the good side of things. But then the, the other side of it, what happens to the, the junior clubs then? Yeah. Um, and but well, they have. I know there's a bit of a debate with St Kevin's going into under 15 on their own back. Absolutely, um, field, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff yeah. going on with that because I think there's a lot of clubs who wanted to go in on their own back, but they've had to partner up with someone, yeah. and Kevin's didn't. So again, I think the FAI are are making the rules up as they go along. But uh, we watch that space. Listen, Mark. It's been an absolute delight having you in. We have to let you go because uh, John Doyle's waiting outside yeah. with a limo for you. <laughs> I have to mention Armin Govan as well. I forgot to mention oh. him about him being the coach. Like I played at the, at the top. Yeah. And this is the, lo- the lowest level I've played as well. And about Armin Govan as, as a coach. No, I'm saying like, <laughs> my best coach I've played, Bobby Robson actually coached me at one stage. Oh, did he? And that was right at the top Excuse when I was me. in England. And now Alan's coached me I'm at the bottom, lowest level. Yeah. And, <laughs> The coaching's the same kind of level. So I'm saying just to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just respect to Alan. Okay, you didn't have Alan's to say, you're, you are starting, mate. You're, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's make sure you start me, Alan. And in oh, fairness... God, he's loving that. He's sitting in the car. I can just imagine <laughs> yeah. it. I'm loving it. In fairness, Alan is, is, is a really good coach. Uh, he's learned me a lot. That's what I mean with the... Yeah, and, that, and that's a sign of a coach. When you learn something from a, a coach, yeah, that, and, and continuously, that is a sign of a good coach. Uh, touching the Bobby Robson thing, what was Bobby like? I was one on one with the. I was only seventeen, even though I was shaking like a leaf when he was speaking to me. But one on one, he was brilliant. Just walking around to players individually during training. Did he get your name right? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he's a bit like Jack, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Tell you, Mike. It's Mark. (laughs) Did he? um, So what? What is that? What is? Is it just general chat, or is it? Is it building your confidence up? That's it. Is he like? You know, your 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 pace is brilliant. You know, go at them. You know, that kind of thing. Is it one on one things like that? And is it? You know, sometimes I think motivators. Is it? Is it that you feel it's genuine or can you tell the, the bullshit from the lads who are trying to motivate but you don't quite believe? Is there any of that? that do you, do no, you? no, I, I, I see it as genuine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's good when one-on-one, for managers out there, it's good to one-on-one with a player. Yeah, like, it really yeah. helps me. Yeah, yeah. Some managers out there should do. Like, brilliant, right. brilliant. Um, will you ever go into management? I don't know. Seeing the way management's been going, even speaking to Alan Matthews there, it's just a brutal, brutal game. It um, is. They're one minute and gone the next. 
coaching so, your thing coaching like the coach especially with the underage section grassroots yeah. section but um a great fulfillment from that isn't there like when you when you see players progress uh through the ages i certainly feel a great fulfillment looking at them playing yeah, but, um, but then I'm, I'm hardly in the house my wife I have to mention my wife melanie hill she's i don't know if she's at home <laughs> at home listening out but um like she's had to put up with me all the years going football here and there and training and there's a lot there's a lot of movement in football that's true um so she, she you have to get the full back in there as well don't you like i mean she has to be fully supportive of you moving from one club to another up the north back down again yeah. so uh she's obviously a good woman that's what i mean she gave up a lot of things for me playing football she, she might have had some arrangements and she had to cancel them because i've got to go and play football yeah yeah that's what i mean um, there's just actually just one thing as well. Um, like my wife hasn't been well lately as well, but um, she's been on a, compa- a campaign with um, Vera Toomey. She was on to Vera Toomey there just last night, actually talking to her, um, just about the um, people for profit um, and, she, and um, just to legalise medicinal um, cannabis. cannabis. Yeah. Like I know Gino Kelly, Mr. Luke and TD, yeah. has been well up for it, and uh, my wife's been around speaking with Gino Kelly about it as well. So I um, just want to get the word out there. Hopefully something's done in this country um, just to legalise it for all the people out there because it does help. And Vera's had to go away um, to... Um, she's gone to Holland to yeah. get treatment for her daughter who's been sick. And there's a, there's a lot of cases. There's a, a lot, lot of cases. Too, the more yeah. that's been brought up, the more cases there is of people actually, their, their pain and suffering has been eased. I'll have to just, second that because yep. uh, personally, uh, what I've seen, uh, not too far, close to home, and um, yeah, I can see what it's done and what... It is down, and uh, yeah, I'll second it. Okay. And then some. Brilliant. Okay, we go to an ad break. <laughs> 